right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Difficult Conversations by Supply the Why. Tonight, we're going to close out Black History Month in a very special way. We're going to bring in Mike Powell, but I have a beautiful announcement. Mike's going to be in and out tonight because Mike just found out that he's going to be the recipient of the Black and Latino Legislative Caucus Black Excellence Award. So if you see me here by myself tonight, it was not by design. It wasn't that I was trying to rope people in by telling you Mike was going to be here. I know everybody likes Mike. Mike got notified late in the day today that he was going to be a recipient of this very prestigious award. And uh, I can't think of a better way to close out Black History Month than by honoring all of the uh, all of the people that are going to receive the honor night, but especially Mike and all the great work that he does in his community. So I will get him on if he's able to come on. If not, you're going to be stuck with just me. So folks, again, thank you again for tuning in. Tonight, I just want to talk a little bit about Black History Month and what it means to me and all the different ways that this month can manifest itself. So a lot of people think that Black History Month has to be about you trying to find, you know, like the Harriet Tubmans, the the Rosa Parks, the Martin Luther Kings. And absolutely, those are people that should be celebrated during Black History Month. But it's not just about those people that the stories that we all know. It's about stories that you might not know. It's about people that have invented things. It's about people that are in your communities. It's about even your own family legacies, which I'll talk a little bit about tonight as well. So it looks like Mike is, oh, looks like he's ready to join us here. Let me go ahead and, and get him on while we can. Mike. Made it. Hey, it is great to have you on, man. I, 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 uh, I, I'm just honored that you're able that first of all, I'm so happy for you that you're going to be the recipient of the black excellence award. It's a, it's an amazing honor and it's uh it's something you should be very proud of. All right. <laughs> I like the, uh, I like the intro music. All right. That's not coming from me, but I, but I like it. <laughs> black and I'm proud. So Mike, Congratulations. Talk a little bit about the honor. How did you find out and what does it mean to you? Um, well, hold on one second. Uh, Dean, while I try to multitask here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's an honor. It, it really is. It, it's an honor um, and a privilege to have even been nominated. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, when I heard about it, I was kind of at a, at a loss, loss of word. I'm, I'm truly humbled uh, to be nominated for such a recognition. Uh, like I said, an honor, a privilege um, among so many great people, particularly those who, who continue uh, to do positive, uh, to have a positive impact in their respective communities. So again, an honor and a privilege to, uh, to be nominated. Mike, I, I can't stress enough how, how happy we are for you. It looks like you had to jump off for a quick second, um, which we knew was going to happen because at any moment they're going to call him and ask him to say a few words about the honor. So from there, folks, Black History Month, one of the things I did want to touch upon is during this month, and if you follow Supply the Y at all, you know that I do a Black History Month profile daily, and I try to pick different people, some people that you heard of, that you may have heard of, 
sometimes I try to make it like kind of like a trivia type deal. And sometimes I try to introduce you to people that, that I'm that I certainly never heard of and certainly not growing up and just try to educate you and introduce you to some new folks. One of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about was during Black History Month. I had a lot of people sending me like DMs like, hey, have you thought about profiling this person? Or have you profiled this person? And a lot of times the people that did that were white with some of my white friends. So here's what I want to say. Black History Month is for everybody. You don't have to be black to profile somebody or to shout somebody out. Like you can do it too. Like it, it, just like on St. Patrick's Day, you see people of all races and ethnicities wearing green. You don't have to be black in order to say, hey, I want to recognize this person or I want to, or I think that we should talk about the achievements of that person. You know, it's something that's for everybody and it's all inclusive. And just because the name sounds the way it does, a lot of people, I think they feel a little strange about, about sharing and, uh, and, and shouting people out, but it's, uh, it's something that is definitely for everybody. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is while we're waiting for Mike to come back in, I am got here. He is now, but I want questions. I want chats. If there's anything you want to talk about Black Black History Month wise or where we go from here, anything as far as taking steps forward, I want to hear all about it. I'm, I'll open. I'll answer your questions as best I can. So let me get Mike back in. Mike, welcome back. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, multitasking. Um, it's it's challenging, but uh, but here I am. It's tough when you're in demand. <laughs> so is Mike, that, is, what, that, is that what ahead. you want to call it? Yeah, you hey, you know, you you you're the big thing tonight. Tonight's your night, brother. So talk a little bit about what Black History Month means to you and how you and how you choose to celebrate it and and recognize it with your family. Yeah, I, I think you know, obviously Black History uh is important not only to me, but but it's also important for um for my son and to uh, to make sure that he knows what what Black History is all about uh all about. Um, which is very important to me to, to, you know, to look, to look at where we were at and where we're at, uh, where we're from and where we're at now is it's, uh, it's awesome to see, um, all those that paved the way for you and I to be sitting here today, uh, having this, this conversation. Um, so, uh, you know, I can't say enough, um, about how, uh, incredibly humbling it is to hear a lot of the stories this whole month. And, and I love the, uh, the, you know, the 28 days of, of uh, different folks uh, that have contributed to, um, to society, particularly uh, African-Americans. Um, uh, it, it reminds us of, the, it's not just the Martin Luther Kings and, you know, the John Lewis and uh, a lot of the big names. It's, it's some of the, the names that, that we haven't heard about um, yet. Uh, and I'm glad that you put that the, the bios up there to educate myself because I, I didn't know a few of the folks that you had mentioned. So uh, thank you for that. And, and I, and thank you for following it. I, I know sometimes, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes, you know, our conversations, they're a bit heavy here. You've been mm -hmm. here a lot. Sometimes, you know, people just like, you know what, I just want to come home from work and I want to watch a comedy yep. or I want to watch something light or something that's not going to make me think. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's, that's perfectly fine. But for those of you that are searching for uh, for real conversations, that we're 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 gonna we're gonna address some some real in depth issues. You and I spoke earlier today for about an hour, and it's funny because every time you and I have one of these conversations, I end up being like, "Oh man, I got I got to go here, I got to go there," and 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 we have to jump off. But one of the things we spoke about was where do we go from here 
as not only as a people, but as a community and as a country, as far as race relations, as far as just taking steps forward. So we went down the rabbit hole um, earlier about talking about the N word. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I am passionate about and I am very open about is, is um, I am a very different person than I was 23 years ago or 20 or 25 years ago when I was in college. I, I, uh, I was one of those guys. I was a young testosterone filled guy and I said and did a lot of things that I wish I could take back. And one of those things is I threw around the N word a lot, just willy nilly, but coming up, there were rules. You know, my mother's in, my mother's watching. So I got to be careful what I say here. There were certain rules. Like it was a type of thing where if you were going to throw around the N word, it was frowned upon, but it was definitely something you weren't, you didn't ever do in mixed company. It was like a behind the closed doors type thing with just amongst you and, 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 and your, and your black friends. But even from that, I've grown. And I said, you know what? I don't think that there's a more unproductive word in the English language than the N word. So do, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, and, and how, how, how that word is viewed in today's society? Yeah. You know, you know, and, and like you said, you and I have talked um, off air for, for an hour and, and we, we exchange our thoughts on it. it you know, and my, my thoughts um, on that word is I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I, I, I have no use for the word, um, but I was younger. And, uh, you know, so I, I would obviously, um, out of ignorance and, and uh, just not knowing the, um, the emotional impact of that word that that word can have, not only within our own culture, but outside of our culture and, and what it does, uh, the ripple effects it, it, it creates um, when that word is brought up. I mean, it, it, it throws out a lot of emotions for a lot of folks because it has a, a, a certain um, attachment to it. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's as a culture, it's very difficult to um, to detach ourselves from it because it, it is so intertwined with with our culture from, uh, you know, from hip hop culture. So it, it's it's a it's a very, very um, emotional word. Um, and I hope, you know, my son certainly uh, does not. I don't even think he's heard of that word. Um, and I hope that it, it's quite some time before he does. Uh, hear that word. And if I hear that word or hear him say that word, um, it's going to be my responsibility to educate him on it um, and to make sure that he understands the meaning behind it. And I'm with you on that. I mean, I have three kids. Mine are a little older than your son and they've all heard it. And one of the ways that my, my daughters have heard it is one day they were at, um, they were at a rehearsal or, or one of their, or one of their plays and a, uh, I'm going to say a gentleman, I'm going to be very, very um, loose. And he called my two daughters N-words and telling them to get out of here where they were. This was a, this was a white, white, white gentleman. Mm -hmm. I get a call. Both of my, my daughters are in tears. My youngest daughter has no idea what the word is, but she sees the reaction of her older sister and she reacts to her crying and realized that something's very wrong, that the meter of the man was very wrong. And that was their real introduction to that word. Whereas I know my sons heard it, but that's been more so from music. Mm -hmm. So though it's two different contexts, 
I feel like the word is equally unproductive. And the best thing in the world that could have happened was I was not there. My wife and I were not there um, when that happened because I, I shudder to think um, what might have happened had I been there when that man said that to my daughters. So I just, you know, just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, and 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 look how look and again speaking to the to the power of that word and 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 drawing out emotions and your you know your children are young they haven't even uh, been able to experience or really go through um, some of the hardships and, um, and and struggles that that we you know that you and I may have have dealt with or that our parents may have dealt with and these you're talking about young people. So just imagine how the 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 how traumatizing that word can be, not only for our generation, but your children's generation, and and what that word means to um, um, to young people. So, and again, I you know one day will I have to uh, go down that road of of hearing my son say that, and hopefully it's it's not in the way that would really draw out his emotions uh, to 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 the point where he's not able to control himself. Um, but I hope that we can have that discussion when he's older. Um, so if he does hear that word to understand how to rationalize, how to, how to think around it and, and make sense of, of how it's used and what context it's used in. Now, just for context, it, it, how old is your son? Five years old. He's five years old. It's a, I mean, it's a great age. And um, I was probably right around that age when I first started hearing that. Um, but like you said, context matters mm -hmm. and I'm proposing that regardless of the context, it's equally, uh, unproductive. And I know my point of view is not, is not a super popular point of view, but, um, it's, it's just how I feel. I, I just, it's, it's very difficult for anybody to describe a circumstance to me in which that word makes any circumstance mm -hmm. better. So we, I'm going to hit the chat really quick here. So Heidi says, do you think it would help if the older generation was willing to explain their experiences with the N-word to the younger generation? Would it help stop the use of it? What do you think, Mike? I, I'm, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I'm going to say no, only because, uh, like I said earlier, I think the word is so intertwined with, with, uh, with hip-hop culture that it's going to be very, very difficult to remove. Um, it's... It, it, you can't teach an old dog, old dog tricks, uh, for lack of a, 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 for not having a better way to, um, to say it. So unfortunately, I, I think what the older generation has to be able to do is like I said earlier, educate young folks on the meaning of that word, uh, and where it originates from and the, the, um, uh, the emotion that it draws with it. And, and I think that's the more important thing to, to be able to do because, uh, at this point in society, we're, we're never going to, unfortunately, we're never going to get rid of that word. It'll be with us here um, as long as humans walk the face of this earth. Uh, but again, uh, it's all about education, education, education. And I think that's the most important thing is to educate young folks. Um, and, if, and if young folks are going to use it, understand when, um, when an appropriate time uh, or when it's not appropriate to use it as opposed to uh, an appropriate time to use it. All right. So what you're saying is almost go back to the old school rules. Like I talked about earlier, 
where it was almost, it was spoken, you know, your, your, your parents said, you know, there's certain things you just don't say in mixed company, mm-hmm. that kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, you know, I, I think it's a great question. I think the older generation being willing to have these conversations with the younger generations, I think it would curb it some, I don't think it would stop. I mean, just like you said, it's not going to stop it altogether. But I think if more people understood the history behind it mm-hmm. and the pain behind it, especially if that pain was being explained mm-hmm. by somebody who meant something to those to those to these to these younger people, that mm-hmm. I think that that would help if people understand why uh, that word carries some of the weight that it does. I know for me, when I uh, when I I'm just gonna say when I grew up some, and I was able to stop. And appreciate like you know the the trials and tribulations of my parents, of my grandparents, my aunts, uncles. I mean, I had aunts that were around when there was colored need not apply signs in store in stores when you know when they lived down in in, uh, in Baltimore. So we're not talking about a million years ago here. I mean, these are people that I knew and I had a connection with that were able to explain these stories to me. And when that all connected, when I got a little older. That's when I, you know, I was able to be like, eh, you know, I don't really need this. There's all other kinds of words I can use. I don't really need this particular one. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. kind of, you know, my thought process process on it. Yep. All right. Next question. What do you think a school can do to get Black history to include more people that are not traditionally recognized as trailblazers? Great question, Diane. Mike, what do you think? How can we open it up a little bit beyond the obvious? Is that beyond the, the Harriet Tubman's and the Martin Luther King's and the Malcolm X's? Yeah, I, I and to your, you know, to the point I made earlier, Dean, about you, you know, some of the things you were doing to introduce folks to um, that even I didn't know about um, that are, that were not considered, you know, the heavy hitters of of that uh, of, of the civil rights movement. Um, but there were a lot more folks that were. Um, again, that you know, other than the Martin Luther Kings and the and the you know the the John Lewis and and uh, Frederick uh, and a, and a bunch of other heavy hitters uh, during that particular time, I, I think that I think it's it's a matter of the school taking a look, uh, potentially taking a look at um, the curriculum, and and um, and and looking at it from from that way. But but that's another that's another heavy topic that um, you know I have my opinions about. As far as um, how how race should be brought into a conversation with young people, uh, I think you have to be very, very. My, this is my opinion, but I think that you have to be very, very um, careful about how you approach the uh, approach that subject because even as, even as young people, it can still draw out a lot of emotions. And, and if uh, and if it's done in the wrong way, it can pit people against each other, and, and that's not we'll be going in the opposite direction. All right. A hundred percent. I'm just going to touch upon that really quick. I think the best way, Diane, to include more of of black history is stop limiting it to 28 days. (laughs) Like if we let's integrate it 365 days a year, let's integrate some of the black inventors in science classes. Let's integrate some of the black doctors and black and, and, and black medical professionals in some of these medical classes, we got to stop limiting it and thinking that it did, you know, we have 28 days to talk about this and then we put it in a box and we wait till next February to talk about it. It should be something that should be included all year round. 
And it shouldn't be about the color of the skin. It should be about some of the amazing accomplishments that some of these people came up with. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how I think we can we can expand it a little bit. I mean, the fact that uh, you know, I certainly the only thing we really talked about when I was in school was we talked about slavery. We talked a little bit about about Martin Luther King. Those were horrible days for me. Horrible days for me. I, I, there I am. I'm the only black kid in, in, in my entire grade for most of my time. And we're talking about slavery and whatnot. Now I got everybody turning in the class, turning around and looking at me. Um, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was uncomfortable because most of what we talked about was uh, was 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 negative type stuff. So um, if we talk more about the great achievements uh, of of certain people, and again, not just black, Latino, Asian, mm-hmm. whatever, and we just incorporated that year round. I think that um, we'd be better for it, better off for it. So, uh, Diane, I hope we answered your question. All right. So, ah, so my mother, perfect person for this. She says it is an entirely different experience to have the word thrown at you in the fifties and sixties and hearing it now. So Ma, if you could put another comment in there, can you put a little context to that as to how it's different? And, um, and again, does that make you more accepting of it today or less accepting of it today? So Diane says, when I went to school, we we only learned black history in February, but it's American history. So it never made sense that it was separate. So amen. And that speaks to the point I just made about how it needs to be incorporated into the year round curriculum, as opposed to just trying to cram everything into 28 days, because you just can't do it. You just can't do it. All right. So from there, Mike, where do we go from here as a people? So what steps would you like to see us take as as black men, as fathers, as society. Talk to us a little bit about where you'd like to see us go from here. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, well, I wish I had the, the answer to that uh, question. Uh, if I did, I'd be standing with, um, God rest his soul, Martin Luther King. Um, but that's a very, very tough question. But I think where we go from here is with our, our heads up and we, we're looking forward. Um, I, I think a big part of the future, uh, particularly folks that look like you and I, Dean, is in it, if you have little ones, is to teach them young. Teach, teach your, your, your children young uh, what, what it means to be financially responsible. Uh, again, going back to the basics of respect, going back to, uh, the, the, you know, just being, um, uh, just being a decent human being. And, and, and if, you know, we, the more and more we continue, and again, I'm not trying to minimize, um, and I would never try to minimize the importance of uh, representation. Um, but I think that uh, the more and more we continue to just uh, force, uh, I hate to use the word force feed race, 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 race. I think it, it, it upsets folks stomachs uh you know it it leaves it leaves your stomach upset because that's all we're hearing about and and i think that that it's not doing us any good particularly young folks uh the older we get we're set in our ways but for the young folks i'm speaking about the young people is we we have to be able to 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 uh to get back to just being decent human beings regardless of uh uh um what we look like where we come from and how we speak um, I think getting back to the basics and, and folks like you and I to, to continue to represent not only um, represent yourself in a positive way, but but be role models for, for folks, for young people that are looking at certain, whether it's professions, um, fatherhood, uh, or just being a gentleman. 
Um, so I, I think just getting back to the basics, but I always preach that it starts at home. And I really, really believe, uh, truly believe that it starts in the home. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I, you know, really quick, I'll just talk about one of the most rewarding parts of my, of my law enforcement career was uh, working in schools. So I was school police for a little while. And then I, then years later, I became a school resource officer. And I can tell you that a lot of, a lot of kids, they're just not getting that foundation at home. A lot of parents nowadays, they kind of just hope they're sending the kids off to school and they're putting all the onus on the school to provide these baseline lessons and education to these kids. And the fact of the matter is this, it, it, it really just comes, it really comes down to simple math, Mike. Mm-hmm. School has your kid for seven hours a day, yep. seven hours. Out of, so what are they doing the other 17 hours? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. It, it, it really is just simple math. If you have your kid for 17 and the school has them for seven, the onus is on you to be providing a basis of education too. And if you don't have that education, that's when you can seek out different platforms. You can come here. If people want to put in the chat or, or, e- or email me, if there's a certain show you want, like I would love to do a show on financial responsibility. Just let me know. And, 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 you know, like you have resources and places you can go to learn about these things and to be able to talk about the importance of credit scores, the importance of credit and why it opens up doors for you if you have good credit and you understand it, why it is important for you to understand how to prepare for a job interview, why you dress as appropriate for a job interview. It's appropriate for you to have research, to learn how to research a job. So when you sit down with people in these positions, that you sound like you belong in that room. Like these are all different things that we can do to help crimp other people on. And um, and again, these are things that you're not going to get in school per se, but maybe they should be added to the curriculum, but they definitely need to be added into what's being learned at home. Amen. Mike, do you have a reaction to that or? No, and, and, and you know, and, and I'll piggyback off of some of what you said. It's, it's, um, it's not too late to, to create gener- generational wealth. And if it wasn't left to you, then it's up to you to leave that and, and create that for your, your young, you know, your son or daughter. Um, so you can start building generational wealth now. Um, Mike, can I can I challenge you? Sure. So let me challenge you real quick. So suppose I knew nothing about that, right? That sounds easy the way you say it, but where do where do you start? Like if you don't know anything about that stuff, where where do you start? And I I, I think it's it's starting small. Um, and it depends upon your, you know, your situation. But I think, um, you know, the way I think of it is, is if I leave tomorrow, my son has something for the future, um, whether that's investments, whether that's um, uh, whatever, whatever's going life, to life insurance, life insurance. That's that's a big part of, of generational wealth. Just those things to think about. And, and my background is not finance, so I, I can't be the one to sit here and and preach to folks about uh um about that but i do know that generational wealth is in, is important because uh you know mom and dad are not going to be there forever and and it's going to be important for your son or your daughter uh to have a, a solid ground uh to stand on and run on when it's his or her time to um to go out into the world all right well maybe that's something we need to do and again shoot, put put something in the chat Shoot me a DM. Let me know if you'd be interested in a show that talks about like fiscal responsibility one-on-one, you know, just kind of just have somebody come on and, and really put everything in layman's terms because um, 
I, I don't know everything. I mean, there was a point in time where I, I had like a, a 480 credit score at one point, you know, because I didn't understand credit. I was like, oh, you, when you pay for things on a credit card, I'm supposed to pay it back? Like, I didn't realize that. You know, and I know I'm not the only person that 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 was in that kind of a, a place at one point. Yep. So, but I digress. So, um, so my mother came back and she says, it is entirely different experience in the 50s and 60s. So she answered back with, don't use it at all. It was a word that was used to hurt, intimidate, and put one in their place, to name a few. So there you have it, folks. That's from somebody who is um, older than 25. Um, I'll just leave it there. That uh, that has some feelings and, and has some history uh, with the N-word. But again, that's something that we can certainly talk about in future shows. I'm open to hear different points of view on it. Mm-hmm. So Heidi Amen. says, oh, go ahead, Mike. Amen, Patricia. All right. So Heidi says, I think we need to teach our kids black history is being made every day and that they need to be proud to be part of that. So aim and Heidi. John says, Morgan Freeman had an eye-opening take on just what you said. He feels it shouldn't be restricted to a month. He feels that it is history and it should be celebrated as such. If Morgan Freeman says it must be true, right? So from there, Mike, potting shots. I know you got to run. I know that you have you, you have your ceremony that, you're, that you probably have one ear listening out to it. Again, congratulations. Couple words on what this means to you and where you're going to go from there. Yeah, I, again, always a pleasure and an honor to be on your show, uh, Dean. Um, I love having these conversations and and you know off 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 the show, if anyone wants to reach out to me and, and pick my brain, or maybe I, I you know, I, I can take a moment and pick your brain, please look me up. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not as prestigious as, as uh, Dean, uh, but you can find me through, through Dean uh, if you, if you want to do that. But, uh, but thank you again. I hope everyone continues to say, uh, stay safe and, and, and everyone say a prayer for uh, Ukraine. 100%. Prayers for Ukraine and what's going on over there. It is a crazy, crazy situation. I'm just going to sneak in one last comment from Elvis. Elvis says, don't use the N-word. Don't refer to it well, to it, the N-word. I don't care if we are family or friends. So, Elvis, this is the first time I've seen your name. First of all, welcome to Supply the Y. We're glad to have you. And I couldn't agree with you more. Please come back. Please check out more of our episodes. And please continue to interact with us. So thank you very much, Elvis. Thank you, Elvis. All right, folks, we're a little bit past time, but hey, when you got a Black Excellence winner in your presence, <laughs> then you are uh, you, 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 he deserves a little more time to uh, be celebrated. So, Mike, again, congratulations. Enjoy your moment, and I look forward to having you back another time, brother. Amen. Thank you very much. I, 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 it's a pleasure to be here. All right, folks, if you like this episode, if you like our content, check us out on all our social media platforms. Uh, Like, please share, please follow, please subscribe. The more people that do that, the easier it is for you to find us and the more people we can touch. So we're going to sign off Black History Month. And again, we'll see you next, next week with great new content. Take care. And as always, hashtag supply the why.